Hi, I'm Splash, and you're listening to Channel Zero. They call me the Wanderer. Yeah, the Wanderer. I roam around, 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 around. So today we're joined by two guests. So straight away, Kai, you want to introduce yourself to everyone? Well, I'm Kai. I'm from Skyjack Industries, and my role there is head of logistics. I basically maintain all the automated factories and storage. And then uh, what about uh, you, Wall? I'm where that wall at. I am director of design at Skyjack Industries. I direct our designers who design the ships that we intend to sell and provide to people in the game when it comes out. Cool, cool, cool. And so obviously, uh, you know, you're both part of a faction, and so you will be aiming for those faction goals. But everyone within Starbase or, you know, most of the community, they all have kind of their own individual goals of, like, you know, what they want to do, what they want to achieve, possible, you know, building projects and everything. So kind of, like, what are your kind of personal aims and, you know, like what you hope to be able to make and do within the game? Well, uh, well, at the start, it won't be possible, but at some point I want to be, uh, go out and just salvage some ships and just be- basically make a merged ship of all of the destroyed ships that have been laying around for ages. And I want to create for myself a small, fast uh, fighter ship gunship you would say yeah and uh make uh, the make the company uh better so you're aiming to make like some sort of ship frankenstein like amalgamation of all the other dead ships yeah cool 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 and like wool what about you well, I was going to ask him, so would you consider that to be like an opportunistic approach, or do you plan on um, taking initiative and going out of your way to get these salvaged ship parts? Well, basically, I'll also be mining a lot since I'm also part of mining. But uh, let's just say I, I go to the mining belt and I find a ship, I'll try to bring it with me. Okay. That's why I wouldn't really waste time finding one. If I just find something, I take it with me. It's called recycling. So, yeah, that actually, I quite like, you know, kind of a good idea, really. Because, yeah, you know, there's no point building a whole new ship, really, when you've got uh, when you've got stuff out in the mining belts and everything. And, you know, I think it actually looked quite cool because a lot of people, including myself, I kind of like the kind of, like, worn-out you know, cobble together a uh, look. And so I think that would actually look really cool. And uh, you know, what are you really planning to do in Starbase Wall? Uh, for me, I plan on really experimenting with the physics and trying to push the game to its limits, uh, whether it be with the programming or with some of like the movable parts and seeing how they interact with the rest of the ship on a physical level as well as a programming level. Okay, so are you going to be like... Were you trying to push for, like, new weapon systems or new, like, travel or, like, kind of everything? Anything I can get my hands on and get my hands in, I will be doing. Uh, Whether it be for the faction, for myself, or to uh, provide new technology for people to use for, like, public uh, infrastructure and uh, transportation, even. So are you kind of looking, obviously, as part of the faction you're in, are you kind of looking to kind of take part within the navigation, you know, boy system that uh, some factions are developing? Uh, s- similar. Um, I may not go to the extent of laying out buoys, but 
it'll be more so uh, at first local positioning and direction. Rather than having buoys along the way, you just guide them in the right direction. And then within a certain margin of error, they'll find their target when they're within range. So you're planning to set up kind of like just long distance beacons or something that can kind of like guide players along. Right. So, so say you let them leave a, uh, a star base. No, no pun intended. Um, but you let them leave. But when they leave, you give them a certain direction, like with guide rails almost. It doesn't have to be perfect. They just have to get in the ballpark of where they're going. And then once they're within 30 kilometers, they'll be able to pick up the signal of the station and that'll guide them the rest of the way. So you're like, as you said, like kind of like having rails and you're planning to kind of launch a ship in the correct direction. So that Kinda, when they yeah. Get, yeah. Yeah, that actually sounds, yeah, that would actually be, and like obviously it would also be a lot more effective and easy to build kind of early game. Because late game, the, the boy system kind of be made quite easily due to, you know, abundancy resources and funds and, you know, manpower and time. But yeah, right. right at the start, it'll be quite hard to lay out. So actually, yeah, having a system like that would be very useful. Well, Splash, you say, did you just say abundancy of resources? Yeah, you know, kind of in a later game. I don't company. know, because there will be wars. Resources will get destroyed. I mean, yeah, you know, there's a That's company a could point. suffer a large war and lose stuff. But if we look at the members of these construction, you know, oh, like teams working on it, quite a lot of them are kind of neutral construction factions. So by then, you'd hope that they'd really have a large amount. But yeah, you know, they could very easily lose it in a war. Well, I think something important to remember is that a lot of these factions will be operating from safe zones. So their collective resources will build up. There's no way for someone to steal their resources unless they go inside of a faction and trick them into giving them away. Um, and losing a ship, that's one thing. But having that re those resources to replace the ship, that will always be there, especially with the number of asteroids that the devs have tried to convey to us. They've said that even if you mined for a year straight, that you wouldn't make a dent in the number of asteroids. And that uh, leads you to believe that while some resources may be rarer than others, they will always be available readily. Yeah, there will never be like a, a point where you get and everyone kind of just sits there and goes, well, there's nothing we can mine anymore. Because yeah, yeah, as, yeah, as you said, the devs have really... And obviously, you know, they can't truly convert to actually get hands-on with the game and get to fly around. But they've, you know, really been showing and kind of, you know, talking about the fact that it is an extremely large area with an extreme amount of resources and everything within well, it. And I think in, uh, in another case is to, to really drive home the scale of the, the server, they have stated that it will take... What was it like two full days or like 24 hours or something like that to fly across it from one end to the other? I think they said continuous flying, it would take two days real lifetime to get from one side of the belt to the other. So that isn't even like a full circumference, that is literally going halfway around to the other. Side. I actually tried calculating it, and other people have also tried calculating it. It would take around two days flying from the outer belt to the other side of the outer belt. On the other now, side is that straight planet. shot or is that around the perimeter? Around the planet. Okay, so that's at the surface or as close to the planet as you can get, the shortest distance to get around. Yeah. 
And I think haven't they, haven't they also said when the moon is released? Because obviously one of the features they've been kind of mentioning is that there's going to be a moon, you know, it's going to be a landable, mineable moon. Um, I, I, I could be incorrect here. I remember seeing somewhere uh, that it would take like something like a week of continuous flying to reach the moon. Which that is true. Really pose a you know quite a large goal to the player base because obviously, if a large faction reaches the moon, they can take over a large portion of it. But I guess kind of the payoff is you want to be able to have enough resources and have enough time and everything to fly for you know a week IRL across to this place. There is uh, one faction that has a goal to reach the moon first, but like you said, it will be a long flight. I- I've read and heard things. I'm not sure if it's official though, but um, I heard people talk about warp gates, and basically, one you need to build two, one on the starting side and one on the end side. But first, someone has to go to the other side and create one. Yeah, and so like this brings up the other issue, of course, unless they add something like warp gates, of if you did reach a planet, you're then you know, complete ages away from the rest of where you'll be established from the rest of your faction. Meaning, yeah, it's either massive travel times or if they, you know, created warp gates. And I think also traveling to the moon, um, I think you'd have a lot more advantage as being a faction that isn't kind of region specific, a specific, because we've seen uh, in, in other games and, you know, most likely Starbase, there's some factions that kind of like to have everyone within one place, you know, they'll all be like, right, everyone North America or like, you know, everyone a certain country. Um, and I think that will, factions that do that will be a, quite a large disadvantage in traveling to the moon because, of course, you need someone constantly monitoring the ship flying, meaning the most effective way would to be, you know, effectively have shifts. Of, you know, okay, so this guy can be on from, you know, let's say 2 p.m. to 10 p.m. And this guy can be on from 10 p.m. to 3 a.m. or something, you know, of whatever time the factions decides to make standard. Well, and, you know, uh, well, what I was going to say is, well, why don't you st- step away from like one continuous flight? And I think what the devs are more so going for is for, for it to be a gradual process of exploration and establishment because. Outside of the the one week trip that we believe it to be, you also have the issue of fuel. And once you leave that ring, there is nothing to mine that we know of. So it's going to be a straight shot from wherever you refuel with no pit stops along the way, unless they're player built. I have seen, I thought I have seen some pictures that there will be some asteroids outside of the belt, but I've only seen pictures that they're in with it near the planet but not outside right. the ring it, and it's probably not a dead cutoff either and also the thing is if they added warp gates it will be near full release or after full, full release of the game and if they if they were added let's say someone creates a warp gates to the moon uh, big factions are gonna try and get um, to try are gonna try to claim it. And so, like going off what you both said about there, you know, being uh, quite a lot less of asteroids were outside the belt, you know, on the way to the moon, it will pose you know quite a you know, engineering challenge. And as Wall said, I think 
would be more likely to be kind of a gradual thing as the, the players would have to build up to having a ship that can either use incredibly low amounts of fuel or really run and carry humongous amounts of fuel, which would leave you with probably these humongous kind of carrier-esque, you know, super ships that just, you know, maybe not the you know, fastest, but they can carry tremendous amounts. And that will, you know, will lead to it being kind of more gradual as they will have to kind of put in more effort to building those. Right. And I think what's important to remember is it's the 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 warp gates are expected to be a mega structure. So if they are player constructed, not only do you have to fly out there uh, and construct it on the other side, but you also have to transport those resources to it. It's not just as simple as getting the player there because once you get away from the asteroid belt, there's so few resources available, not to mention you probably can't refine them as well as you could on a station. So having that transport system is going to be extremely important. And also the issue of like defending the warp gate, because uh, with kind of like the, you know, news stations about the game popping up everywhere, um, it, and also just the fact it's community itself, um, the word of the first faction building a warp gate, you know, from a location to the moon would kind of spread out you know, very quickly. And so they'd have to have kind of a really strong defense ready because I can guarantee you that some of, you know, the larger factions or even smaller ones will aim to try to get through, like punch a hole through, because I doubt that there'll be a very large amount of people have been sent to the moon to originally construct this. It would have been, like you said, and, you know, as I previously mentioned, just one giant ship with as minimum crew as possible that would have constructed it there. And so if if a faction was able to get its attacking force through the warp gate, it will then be able to completely take over that side of the warp gate. And so they have to be fully prepared to kind of defend it. But then, of course, if it did have a strong defense, it could lead on to the kind of interesting proposition and kind of thing that could happen. It could lead to, you know, like taxes. They could basically, or not, not taxes, sorry, like, like a toll. So if they could operate like a toll road, basically pay us. Like crossing a bridge. Yeah, like pay us X amount of credits, you can go over to the moon. And I think that would lead to some quite interesting scenarios because obviously you'd have people that would try to, you know, go through and you just have companies that would pay it off. And you'll have those factions that would go and try and claim the warp gate. Yeah, and so you'd have to have a strong defense ready for it. Yeah, creating a war. Yeah, which would lead to... It would, I mean, it would be quite fun. I mean, I am looking forward to the wars in this game. You know, I I think they'll be quite fun. You know, obviously, I don't want to be, everything to be war, but I think that's all look pretty cool. And I think war over something like a warp gate would be pretty pretty cool because you know it's quite a, it's a very strategic resource, especially if it is from a location off to the moon. And I think an interesting thing to see will be will warp gates be banned from being constructed within safe zones. Because obviously one way a faction can get around this would be, oh, we constructed one end of it in the safe zone, the other's by the moon. The only way to take control would be to control the one at the moon, which they then would have had to travel out to the moon with a massive attacking fleet. And so... Oh, I was going to say that uh, from the way they described it, they described the, the warp gates as predetermined location, more or less. It's the location that you build it would be set but you would have to then bring the resources and place them into almost like a frame for the warp gate. So you're, you're building a frame to support the warp gate being open. 
and I assume if something were to damage the warp gate, it would collapse in on itself, and you would have to restructure it. Oh, so yeah, this could also lead to like very strategic military plays. If like, say, for example, some some faction somehow has managed to bring out a whole attacking fleet, you know, and the other faction there that's you know constructed a warp gate hasn't really got much defense. They could obviously you know be on their faction Discord or faction in game chat, basically going send the defense fleet, and so it would lead to you know possibly tactical decisions to okay target one little section of the warp gate because obviously as you said, if one part of the frame breaks. The warp gate shuts down, which would allow them. That's not you know, confirmed, though. That's just speculation. Yeah, but if if that if that was a thing, which it probably would be, because you know, uh, I I I presume they'll kind of be basing it off like kind of like such like a wormhole design. Mm-hmm. At least to me, that would make the most sense, which would mean you'd have to have, or at least you know, in kind of in real life, going off very basic basic science knowledge, you need kind of like a whole complete frame to support it. It's fully you know running it all, and so if that was breached, a part of it was you know cut off. It wouldn't be able to support it and would you know then collapse on itself i mean maybe they would even have something like when it collapses on itself it maybe forms an explosion or some sort of other sort of deadly thing you then have to you then have to avoid or something they did mention radiation may damage, i jump in so yeah but yeah if you want um, to the point you talk about the construction but you also need to power it probably yeah which would lead on to another massive point because obviously the moon can be mined so you'd have off the resource of the moon but yeah you know you can only begin to imagine probably the massive resource requirements for something of this size because it's such a strategic and such a useful resource to have and that goes into the balancing of the game as well and i think the devs will, are going to do a pretty good job at making sure that while the the resource dump is going to be heavy it's going to be worth it in the end, um, presumably with uh, abundant rare resources in the location that you're going to. Something I am interested to see with these uh, massive distances is the evolution of the the player culture in each region, because they're going to be so isolated from each other that you're going to have new companies and new factions building up in different regions and have stronger influence in one place rather than another, and how players will uh, approach going from one region to the next and learning about that sort of culture. Yeah, which I think, yeah, that would actually, I hadn't really thought about that. That would be, uh, yeah, I can see what you mean. There could be, you know, factions forming in different parts around the ring or out towards the moon that would never even meet, never even interact because, yeah, they'd be so far away that they wouldn't really bother flying out to see each other unless there was, you know, an absolute crucial deal, which they'd probably do with someone closer to to them. What's your thoughts, Kai? Well, there will, like you said, there will be, might be a cultural difference that might also spark some wars between different parts in the ring. I think we, we just need to wait and see what happens. And like when you mentioned balancing with uh, resource dumps, just going back to that point, I am. Um, I'm very interested to see the kind of balancing of the kind of banking system they've shown. Obviously, we haven't got confirmed how it's going to work, but basing off other games and from, I think some people have managed to get screen caps of one of the videos they've shown where it looks like there's a banking section. It'd be interesting to see how they balance the fact that would some factions be able to just store everything in a bank in a safe zone, 
meaning that, you know, even if they're white, they've still got, you know, massive amounts of resources, or would the devs, you know, have like a cap? And you have to go to a player bank because I know there is, I can't remember its name, but there's a faction that uh, advertises itself as like a bank, like a universal bank for the game. So it'd be interesting to see um, how that, that That should be Dragon Bank. Yeah, yeah, that one, I, I, I'd forgotten their name. Yeah, and I've, I've actually deeply analyzed the, uh, the corporations and faction feature video. And mm-hmm. what I could see, yes, there's some kind of storage, but I could only see like, Ammo, guns, engines, fuel, uh, beams, and the ships, of course, but not re- not really the resource storage. I couldn't see a tab for it. Oh, so that brings in the the um, question: Can you put away items like you can ships? Can you despawn them at a safe zone for either personal or faction use? And are we going to have to worry about constructing warehouses and planning logistically where to keep things? Um, And if we don't have that issue, that is going to really simplify a lot of operations. But you also run into the issue, how do you subdivide your resources to who needs them? And are they going to have individual counters of each resource? Are they going to have limitations you can set per role? And... Just how how much control do you have over this system? Well, well, there is, as far as I know, some control. You can make teams within a company and basically apply, uh, assign members to teams. And to those teams, you could assign ships, but not really resources or stuff. What you can assign, though, what if I read it correctly, that you could say a member of this rank can withdraw let's say one time a day uh, from the company bank with a maximum of this amount. Okay, and that, that handles the financial side of it. But when you're really talking about, because what's really going to matter is the resources, especially for a self-sufficient company that it goes out of their way to mine these resources and to make sure that they have every part of production in their control. And what's going to be an issue is, is building your own warehouse going to be more beneficial than just storing it in their UI? And I think also when you mentioned despawning, I'm quite interested to see how kind of, obviously, yeah, the, the warehouses would be interesting because as Kai said, you know, there's no section for just the re- pure resources themselves. So will it allow to have these big raids? But I think also the, the despawning system, because I've seen some people asking, well, can we set our own despawn zones or does it only work in the safe zone? Like the moment you leave the safe zone, can you not despawn ships? Or can you like put despawn zones on ships? Because some people are asking, well, if I have a massive carrier, can I despawn and, and spawn in fighters within it? Or does it have to carry them out itself? I think the despawning platform would be to stations only. Yes. And like you said, you can't store resource, but uh, why not make it into fuel, engine parts, uh, beams and stuff, so you can store it. Well, so I think when you go into that, but what if you run into a situation where you need something that you've run out of? Rather than having too many of a specific product, having those raw resources as a way to manufacture things that you need gives you more flexibility to use those resources. Well, just why not stock stock up on resource at, uh, at particular parts? And if you see 
that you need more, just go and get, if there are no resources, go and get resources and stock up the parts. But then, then that limits our manufacturing teams. If we have a factory that utilizes resources from a warehouse, if it knows that it's running out of that resource, yes, they can go mine it. But what happens if we have a massive ship go down that takes a lot of beams and plates, but we have a ton of these already manufactured things that require the same resources that can't be go towards this project? Well, then we just have a stockpile of useless junk that we have nothing to do with. And I think it's it's it would be beneficial to have a mix of both in the system. Yeah, it, it, I think yet again I'm going to say I think we just need to wait until we know more. That's correct, and we also don't know how rare these resources will be or how how hard they are to refine. Well, there is some information on the wiki, but not a lot. And yeah, like obviously, as you know, as Kai just said, we there isn't a ton of information out about the game, but from what we do know, it's it's still, and I think it's it's very kind of worth the time to at least try to predict it, because most likely, at least some of these predictions will be correct or very close to correct, and so I think groups of players that can work out or you know predict stuff will be very useful to them when they actually get into the game itself. Right, it's all about the planning, because imagine you have a group of 100 people, and then you have another group of 100 people. The group that's going to proceed the fastest and get set up the fastest is a group that doesn't have to think about it along the way. Yeah. Because they've already thought about it. Yes, because, you know, I mean, and to all factions, really, this is the, the perfect time. This is the time to recruit, and this is the time to plan. This is the time to lay out hierarchies, building plans, expansion plans, and everything. Because you have all this time dedicated to it because you know there is no game and therefore this time is best spent planning everything because as you said the best planned faction will expand the quickest and there is something to be said about uh when the faction gets in game they will have a bit more publicity if they handle it correctly but right now you have all of this time to plan and you're not sinking all of that time into building things in game why not save all of this infrastructure work and all of the the bookkeeping and do that now so you don't have to ruin your time in the game worrying about that yeah because the most efficient way will be you get into the game and then you just have plan you know documents listing plans and you can just go straight into building them rather than yeah wasting a good portion of you know the first gameplay of just trying to plan stuff and work stuff out now kai i do have a question for you since you are logistics, what do you see happening with player-made infrastructure? I'm talking the beacons, maybe even a grid of beacons, uh, universal positioning systems. Do you see them being successful, and why? Well, basically, like you said with the buoys, the in Worlds of Drift, there was a faction that literally mapped our entire map whenever the map got reset. And what ended up happening when players saw those ships in Worlds of Drift, they wouldn't attack them because having a map helped everyone. So why would people destroy buoys if they would help people travel to a certain destination since we don't have a map in-game? But then you've got the counterpoint of 
some people really, you know, just kind of don't care. Like, yeah, of course, they they also had that in Brawl Drift, but there are always going to be people who destroy stuff. Right. And to be honest, um, you got a lot lot of shipping to do if you go and place all those buoys, especially mm. my team. <laughs> So something that I do want to touch on for that is, and specifically the buoys, if we do get to the point where we have a company or a faction laying down technology for people to use, the only issue with everyone being to use it is, one, not everyone designing ships knows how to interface with this technology, and two, the ships that don't have it won't care. It won't influence them and it won't benefit them. So if they see it as a resource then they may just take it for salvage and then it'll turn into a whole thing for people to take. Yeah, but when people realize how they can use it, there will, as far as I know, there will be at some point be a Google document or website where they can look up stuff. There will be, as far as I know, an online uh, a website where you can view the map. Okay, so, I see. Yeah, it would be very useful. That would be useful. So I guess what you're saying is the importance of it is depend, or the uh, the lifespan of it is is all dependent on the publicity and the openness of the company doing it. They have to be very interactive with the community for it to succeed. Yeah, and people don't. There are going to be people, like we said, they are going to destroy it. But if it works out, most people will not destroy it. They may even defend it. Yes. But then, then this also brings on to another issue of how, you know, as we, because we've seen that Yellow Code doesn't really have kind of like an encryption firewall system, at least not yet. And the devs haven't said anything about there being something like that. And so how easy would these be to hijack? Because obviously the boys, in order to navigate you, need to know your location and would, you know, communicate with ships and detect their location. So how easy would it be for someone say, in the, maybe not even all the boys, just the boys within their general area, to, to rig them up with some extra, you know, just side code, but will then display back on their end, showing every single ship in the area and all their locations real time. Yeah, but if we have the entire Bowie system deployed, it's not like everyone's going to be spread out and every buoy is going to be loaded, because I don't think the devs are going to keep every area loaded if no one's in the area. So some parts will be cut off from the network at some point. Right. And also, so I'm going to, th- uh, I'm not so sure about that. Anything that doesn't get despawned by the server, I would assume continues to be sim- stimulated due to players sending automated transportations, even out yeah. of render distance, they're probably simulated on a physical level, at least, or at least a pseudo physical level. Um, like... I'm going to bring Minecraft into this, but because I did a lot of Minecraft, and there are diff- uh, different loading stages in Minecraft. Like, yeah, when you're in the area, everything works. But when you get 30 blocks away, enemies stop moving. That's one process gone. Uh, if you get farther away, all entities despawn. They could have a similar system within the game. They could, but I think that fundamentally goes against what they're trying to have the game be. And and what that is, is giving the players the freedom to utilize the YOLO scripts, especially to automate, the, like the busing thing they showed, 
I would imagine that shuttling between stations would be quite a, well, a difficult feat for one, but it shouldn't be so limited to the point that a player has to be with it for it to function. And I don't think that would really work because, say, a ship got cut off mid-transit. When it gets loaded, how's it going to know where to resume? You know? But another thing I was going to say... Another thing I was going to say about the buoys is... When a ship connects to a buoy, you have two ways you could do it. Either the buoy calculates its position and communicates with all the other buoys. Or the ship just has to know the coordinates of what's around it. And then use that to get a relative position to the grid that they're on. Yeah, like the the first, I think the first version would be like um, you you get a coordinate information from the buoy, but you wouldn't be able to send anything to the buoy. And with the coordinates you got, you'll be able to view on the online uh, uh, site where that is and where you need to move next. Right, and. So the first one, I don't really see as plausible. I've thought a lot about this, and I don't see it as being reasonable because any number of buoys could be within range of you. You won't always know how many or where they are. All that matters from the ship's point of view, because that's where you care about. Only the ship needs to know where it's at. The buoys don't care where the ship is at. They're just transmitting their coordinates. So if the ship finds the buoys that it needs, however many you decide that you're going to utilize for the math, then it would then calculate on the ship. So as far as hijacking and displaying all the ships, I don't really think that's realistic when given the limitations of the transmitters and also uh, the computing power that is there. Well, basically with this uh, increase of technology from the players, how will this affect the, uh, the economy within the game? I think I'm, I'm, I'm hoping that the economy, especially with like a navigation system, will end up being very, an in, you know, very interesting system. As if you look at games of very successfully pulled off an economy, such as EVE Online, but also maybe not to the same extent as Eve, but uh, you know, old school RuneScape, uh, where the majority, if not all, of the economy has been well, play- player balance. Yeah. And obviously, the old school RuneScape economy balance kind of messed up. But it, but you know, especially with Eve Online, I really hope we end up with a massive kind of fully simulated economy like we do in there. Well, basically, taking Eve, well. There is not a, a unlimited amount of resources. I played some EVE and basically on the same time every day, the server would reset and all the asteroids would spawn back, giving more resources to the players, which in that way, players wouldn't be able to just stockpile everything. And by players having wars, bounty hunting, things would get destroyed, basically creating a money sink where the money would disappear. And in RuneScape, you there's this problem. There are always monsters spawning. You get gold from them. You sell their loot, you get more gold. To an, you sell it to an NPC. And yeah, sometimes to a marketplace, but you could also sell to an NPC, creating more money in the game. Where does this money go? Onto the player market. 
And yes, there, there, I believe there was some NPCs where I could buy stuff, but things would mostly get traded in the online market in the game. And there was no money drain for it, creating a over hyper inflation within the game. Just like a wooden sword would cost 100 gold pieces, but at some point it would cost 1 million gold pieces because gold became was literally worth nothing. Mm -hmm. I think what's going to be even more interesting is outside of the inflation, I'm more interested to see is some regions are confirmed to have more of one resource than another. And when you look at it in that context, having that ability to move from one place to the next and, and not get lost and you reduce the risk of getting attacked on, along the way if you have direction and you have infrastructure is how is that going to balance different resources values and, and their availability to people? Is it going to make smaller companies more successful because they have better access to a certain resource to get started? Um, and I think that's something that you're not really going to be able to see until you get into the game and it's, and it gets built up. Yeah, exactly. Like smaller company, you mean like some smaller companies will be, they'll, it will be easier for them to move to different places. Well, not only that, but like the prices in where they operate locally if, say, uh, within range of a station, there isn't a, a bunch of a certain type of resource, you can import it from another place much easier if you have that infrastructure. So it's going to be cheaper. So, so what you're saying is that we could have, like, end up seeing kind of localized economies of, because I know, you know, like, say, in some countries, the product or the item or material there can be super cheap. But the moment you look at another country, because it's not very common there to actually be able to get it there, it's super expensive. And yeah, like you said, you'd end up with these import-export. And I think if that did happen, that would also be very interesting because you'd end, yeah, like I like I said right at the start, you'd end up, and kind of you touched on, you'd end up with these localized regions of where some stuff are really cheap, others are really expensive, which is then completely flipped in another region. Yeah, and that's where, that's where space truckers come in. Basically, they buy low, sell high in a different pay place. Right, and I think what's going to be really important for this economy to really be healthy is that import-export. And when you look at the development of this technology, if we develop technology to the point where we don't have to spend enormous amounts of resources to go between regions, that's going to lower the price across the board to anywhere that doesn't have access to this and therefore make it better for new economies to build or for new companies to start up and with that insight i think it'd be very interesting to see how it affects next week's topic where we'll mainly be talking about player generated events and kind of in-game events and how the economy can tie into all of that and affect how we hold different large events and so with that i've been splash joined by kai and wall and you've been listening to channel zero until next time see you around <laughs>